I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different and every breakup is different. Work with me and you'll get professional help on your situation. And if you're in no contact, focused on personal growth, my workbook series, The Knowledge, will help you make changes like you've never made before. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And today we're going to be talking about anger is your friend. You know, Margaret, people tell you all the time, anger's bad for you. Don't be angry at people. Angry. Let them, let it go. You don't want to be angry inside. Well, the other one I really like is let go of anger. Mm -hmm. How do you let go of anger? If you're angry about something, what do you do? I, I picture it like a balloon. You say, oh, bye. Bye, anger. Go over there. Yeah. Uh, I wish it was that easy to mm -hmm. deal with anger, but it just isn't. And people act like you can just instantly get let it go if you just try. Yeah. It doesn't work like that. Um, and there was an old concept in older therapy called working through, which we've forgotten in the days of instant everything in cognitive behavioral therapy. Mm. Working through means you turn a concept over in your head and you think about it over and over and eventually you figure it out and you think about it enough to process your feelings about it. Mm -hmm. That's what you need to do. You can't just let it go. Yeah. And I'll have people come to me saying that I'm terribly angry and I've come here so you can help me let it go. I'll help you process it. But if there's directions for how to let it go, I don't have them. There seems to be a lot of guilt about anger. Terrible. Yeah, terrible. Um, and this is, again, my friend, Dr. Patrick Carnes. Um, and I like Patrick Carnes because he says lots of the same things I've been saying for years. Mm -hmm. So I have a narcissistic investment in Dr. Carnes <laughs> here. So. so we're going to talk about why anger is your friend. And I remember, Margaret, years ago, you were trying to help me get angry through one of my breakups with mm -hmm. the Applebee's girl. Yep. And I was having a very difficult time getting there because... I really think because there were two people involved, you know, my ex and her daughter, and I was so uh, distraught and devastated over missing her daughter yes. that and that they were so entrenched and entwined together that to I couldn't get her. angry at my ex. Yeah. And so it took me a long time to get None angry. None of this is easy. No. And I'm just I'm going to read you a few things about what Dr. Carnes has to say, why it's so difficult. Okay. He calls the chapter... The transition from anger to pain. We don't have to go that far today. Just we're just going to deal with anger. Okay. Now, here's his opening line. Anger liberates the truth. Okay? Absolutely it does. But for many, true anger comes grudgingly. The loyalty rules still hold. You can ruin your life and your abuser will shake his head in resignation. He will look himself, he will lock himself in a fortress of righteousness and denial, keeping at bay any realization of the role his abuse played in your life. So think about, say, a dysfunctional woman with a father who abused her, okay? She never told on him, she kept the secret, okay? She was loyal, as she was told to be, she was probably told not to tell anybody, 
you know, we keep our dirty laundry in the house, we don't tell anybody anything on the outside, mm -hmm. and it would be a terrible act of disloyalty for you to ever report your father or tell anybody that he sexually abused you. Mm -hmm. um, and he will lock himself in a fortress of righteousness and denial. We had a case relatively recently um, where that was very much the case. The parents were saying, this: anything that happened is your fault. We never did anything wrong. The fault is with you. Wow. Right? That would really do a number on you, right? Wouldn't it? Because you would have no sense of reality. That's right. Exactly. You, you'd be thinking they've distorted... Wait, I, if they're telling me I'm wrong all this time, then I don't even know because my feelings don't make sense to what they're telling me. That's exactly right. If you want to make somebody crazy, try doing this to them. Denying their reality. Okay, you don't remember that. I don't remember it. It didn't happen this way. That never happened. Mm -hmm. I don't know where you're getting this stuff. It must be your new friend. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah, and we we both had a client together. Is that yes. the one you're referring to? Yes. Yes. Oh, where the the stepfather. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. I didn't and realize either. I thought you meant a case locally. I didn't. Think. No. Okay. Um, but I mean, there there are a dime a dozen. I mean, there are many many cases out like this, until finally the poor victim begins to think they're crazy which is the idea and they would like everybody else to think she's crazy because if everyone thinks she's crazy no one will believe her if she ever slips exactly yeah if they all think this person's crazy then yeah. no, when she says that's it i'm done i can't take this anymore well you did all this other crazy stuff yeah why we can't trust you we There's can't believe something you something wrong with you yeah I, I wonder if that's what happens with the news too when i bet it is when people try oh, and yeah. come out and they try and look for ways to discredit. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely that's what happens. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he will lock himself in a fortress of righteousness and denial, keeping at bay any realization of the role his abuse played in your life. I had a client yesterday who was treated much the same way by her father. And the worst part of that one was she was told that she was a terrible Christian. She was brought up in church. She was a terrible Christian. God hated her. And he was the righteous one um, when he had sexually abused everybody in his apartment building who walked. Wow. Okay. All right. So I just don't understand how these abusers are able to do this. I'm not saying that they don't. I just don't understand how. And it seems like they know like a magnet who's been sexually abused before. Absolutely. A good predator can tell who's going to be easy pickings because it will be familiar. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Okay. Um, sometimes I wonder if there's a handbook out there. Yeah. Appropriate anger on the part of the victim can break through this denial and start a significant change process. In other words, you've got to get to the point where you say, this is not fair, this is outrageous. I have suffered all these years to protect this guy who'll play with my head and deny me my reality. Wow. What the anger does is it brings out the truth, like it says in the first line, and it provides the energy to do something. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, to say, I'm, I'm no longer going to live in this distorted... Right. Reality. Yeah. Yeah. And her mother was um, supporting him, of course. Yes. Yeah. In the case that we're talking about. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and, uh, yeah, I was going to say something else, but it's too identifying. I don't want to say it. Yeah. Um, okay. And what a sweet girl she is. Yes. Yes. There are all. I got Let me. Can, okay. I want to tell you a little thing about this. Okay. She actually sent an email 
asking why we don't have a donation button that she wanted to make a donation. <laughs> oh, how and sweet this of is, her. I mean, a very young girl that can't, couldn't have a lot of money. Uh, yeah, I right. was just like, yeah. wow. Yeah, she was very sweet. And mm -hmm. you, you really wanted to punch whoever did this to her. I still would like to punch the people who did this to her. Yeah. And that's the truth. Okay. Yeah. Horrible. Here are all the rules about... Okay, yet there are all those rules about not upsetting people. Children are to be seen and not heard. Boy, isn't that the truth, huh? Um, if you cannot say something nice, don't say anything at all. Um, plus, there are all those um, sayings told to children to conjole them out of being upset. All right? Now, do you think that these two, the first two sayings, say them again? Uh... Don't ever upset people. Children are to be seen and not heard. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. Do you think that's to keep people from exposing predators? I think partly, yes. Wow. A if absolutely. you think about those two things, children are supposed to be seen and not heard. That's right. So don't listen to their cries. Don't listen to their cries. Right? And then what was another one? Don't upset anybody. No, not that one. Um, well, the upset, that would be the same thing. If you can't say something nice, don't say anything at all. <laughs> if you can't. So don't ever be angry. Be a victim to anybody who wants you to be a victim. And don't talk about the, the negative things that oh, happen. Oh, never. You no, never say that. Say Only nice the things. nice things. Oh, yeah. Wow. Um, it's amazing, isn't it, when you stop and yeah. you kind of take it apart. Do you, do you think that somehow those things came out of, uh, like, abusive situations? Absolutely. I do. I do. Uh, because who could risk children going around saying, my parents, you know, hit me with the rolling pin, the frying pan, and then my father and my uncles uh, had sex with all of us girls. Mm. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, that will tell children, that, that will straighten children out about ever telling anything. I worked with a woman one time who said that she was so threatened to be quiet that she went through elementary school like this with her hand in front of her mouth, being so terrified that something might slip out. Wow. Yeah. Can't even imagine what she went And through. her father belonged to the, the group of people who said that many women had made up sexual abuse about their fathers. Yeah. Mm. Okay, um, if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything else. Plus, there are all those sayings told to children to cajole them out of being upset. I haven't heard this one for years. Your face will freeze like that. Hmm. If you make an angry face, your face will freeze like that. I remember hearing that. Yeah. Not from my parents, but from other people's parents. You're going to step on your lower lip and turn yourself inside out if you pout. Mm -hmm. Right? Um, In other words, you're not getting what you want right now, and so you don't have the right to be angry. No, you have no right. You have no right to feel anything. Yeah. And if you do, you better not let us know it. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, wow. Right. Uh, then there are family rules like we keep our business in the family, which means you better never tell anybody what happened. Okay? Now, haven't you heard all those things? But you don't stop to think about the real meaning of it. Mm -hmm. um, the worst, however, are the rules of terror and betrayal. The worst betrayal is to let people know what happened. A parent might say, if you talk about this, they will take me away. Oh, yeah. Right? Oh, yeah. If you tell anybody our little secret, they will arrest me and you'll go to jail too. Yeah. 
Right. Um, if you talk about this, they will take me away. If you are a kid and already feel responsible for the abuse, this threat goes to your core. What will happen to me if my parent is gone? Terrifying. Absolutely. The most effective rule, rules against anger are based in terror. Children know that to speak could mean a serious beating or even death. Okay? And then you hear people say, I don't know why she didn't tell right away. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. When you live with someone dangerous, you learn to keep the waters smooth. Thus there exists a web of rules against anger and a deep, almost pre-verbal, primitive fear of holding an abuser accountable. Mm. Okay? And what does pre-verbal mean? That it's so early, it's sort of part of the fiber of your being. Okay? Wow. That you can never hold the abuser accountable, you could get killed. Okay? Um, most victims need help expressing their anger. Therapists, therapy groups, and support groups can help immensely in that process. You can write letters that may or may not be mailed or talk to an empty chair. These are two ways you can re-experience those early scenes and share the feelings with others now that you could not now that you could not share when you were a child. Those are devices that therapists will use. Mm. Very common practice. Write a letter to your father. Very difficult for people to do. Yeah. Or the empty chair syndrome. Well, he's sitting right there. You tell him what you think. It's very difficult for people to do because it still feels life-threatening. Sometimes it takes a lot of work just to get to be able to do it. Okay? Um, but once you get the anger going, see, it brings you some energy. And that's the major thing. Um, these are two ways you can re-experience some of those early scenes and share the feelings with others now that you could not share when you were a child. If appropriate and safe, sometimes you can share the feelings with the real abuser, but way too often that's not safe. Okay? And I have rarely in my life ever known an abuser who still wouldn't deny it. I don't remember any of that. Okay? I don't know where you got those ideas. Nothing like that ever happened. Wow. Yeah. How many times have you had people in your office do that? Oh, many. Many. I have never been one to put the victim and the perpetrator together. But I've had perpetrators in there who did it. You know they did it. Sometimes they have a criminal record to that. I never did that. I never did that. And they, they would never admit to it? No. But they tried not to. If they got arrested, sometimes they'd be on the hook. Um, for those who currently are in a betrayal trauma bond, anger becomes the source of resolve to change and to draw a line in the sand that says no more. You have to get angry enough to say, I deserve better than this, I never deserved this, and I'm really sick and tired of you abusing me. Okay? Um, I deserve better than this. Okay, but you have to be get you have to get to a point. I'd almost call it of righteous indignation because remember the the perpetrator has been self righteous all along, saying I would never do anything anything bad. I just got a bad kid here. Um, but you have to get to the point to say, oh no, I've had it with this whole crazy reversal of reality. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the the wisdom of the anger is that it helps you to say I deserve better. And that can unleash the energy you need to begin to heal. 
okay? If you've ever worked with depressed people, the minute they start to be able to get angry, the depression lifts, okay? One task that helps break through denial, overcome fear, and develop a fierce resolve is to examine the costs. What has this abuse cost me? Wow, okay? great question. Yeah, uh, it has made me act out in adolescence. It has made me be abuse, uh, self-abusive and cutting myself in my early 20s. Mm -hmm. And it has cost me an enormous amount. Um, and once people can start to look at the costs, sometimes they're able to say, I wasn't just a bratty little kid. Um, I worked with a woman for years who insisted up until the last 10 minutes we met that her father had some reason that had to do with her for abusing her, that it was somehow her fault. But after years of work, she was eventually able to move beyond that. Okay? Um, and it's very difficult always and very guilt-provoking to be angry at a parent. Um, but actually, if you get angry at someone, it does not physically harm them. Right? And you really have to remind people of that sometimes. Well, if I get angry at my... I can't get angry at my mother. She's 95 years old. Yes, you can. And it's not going to physically harm her. Um, you really have to remind people of that sometimes. Because no matter what, there's loyalty to a parent. Okay? Yeah. But I could not agree with Dr. Carnes more that oftentimes anger and the ability to say, I deserve better, can only be gotten at if you can tolerate the anger. Okay? Mm -hmm. I remember a very angry lady who was in my office one afternoon, and she said, I looked around my family one day and I looked around my neighborhood and I saw some happy people there and I said I am gonna get me some of that that's the kind of thing you're looking for you know <laughs> I deserve it and I'm gonna get it and she mm -hmm. did so as you can see there are a lot of benefits to anger yes. and to pushing through and getting out of situations that are unhealthy for you yeah. and you know, a good therapist will help you work through this kind of issue. And some people get so scared because they have this reservoir of anger inside for every good reason, none of it through their fault. Um, and they get afraid that if it starts to come out, it'll come out, you know, all at once. And a good therapist can help you unpack that suitcase one item at a time. Okay, so that you're not going to necessarily become overwhelmed with anger. But I've seen people really terrified about that. You know? I'm sure. Yeah. Because they probably feel, you know, <clears throat> out of control. I've Absolutely. And, and you simply say, I'm not going to let you get out of control. We're going to do this an item at a time, an issue at a time, a memory at a time. Okay. Uh, okay? Some good stuff. All right. We'll come back to anger, right? We, uh, absolutely. Numerous times. Yeah. Okay. All right. And if you have any questions about anger... Um, leave them in the comments, Absolutely. and that way yeah. we can review it for we the can address next it. Right. Uh, time we do a topic on anger. We can have some questions that maybe look at, and you can look at. Sure, but I remember before, remember when I talk about being assertive and being able to separate from your family and so forth, I would say there are two times in life when our developmental task is to use anger, and, and to use anger for good reason. The first time is 
we call it, are you ready, the terrible twos. <laughs> That's the first time we get angry. Yeah. I don't want that sippy cup, and I don't like the pink one. Yeah. Uh, and you want, I'm going to the doctor now? No. Okay, no is a wonderful discovery. So we're supposed to be angry and experimenting with it when we're two, and we call it the terrible twos. Mm -hmm. The next time we're supposed to be angry and able to look at it in a different way is when we're adolescents. Yeah. Um, and how popular are adolescents among the general population? Mm -hmm. So anytime any of us want to show any anger, any assertiveness, it's always, well, you better cut that out. Mm -hmm. All right? All right. Okay, so hopefully you found this one helpful and you really start to think about anger and maybe go back, rewatch this one and think about some of the questions Margaret asked and, and the different examples she gave mm -hmm. and how it might help you work through some issues in your own life. And we'll come back to it. Remember, leave some questions about anger and that way next time we do anger as a video, we have some good questions that we yes, can Yes, that would be answer. great. Um, if you want our help personally, just go to my website at askcraig.net. Sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching and I do Skype. Margaret is here for Skype coaching as well. Yes, you can sign up with me if you care to do that. I would love to talk with you. You want to work through some anger? Here's your woman. Here's the woman. Uh, just I'll friggin' help you. Just click on Margaret on the top of the website to do that. Remember to subscribe to the channel and to the podcast if you like listening to podcasts on the go. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth. I'm Coach Margaret. And we will talk with you soon.